Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Headlines. First of all, our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, the people at Thompson Boxing on the passing of Ken Thompson, their CEO. Uh, he rests in peace now. Um, let's get on to um, news. We saw some pretty good fights on the weekend, uh, as you might have recalled, over at the Aladome in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, unbelievably, uh, a really good one. But Ray Vargas uh, lost uh, to WBC Silver Feather champ and number one ranked Oshaki Foster, which surprised many, uh, but didn't surprise us on the uh, Talk and Fight uh, Friday night panel uh, who, who picked Foster to win that one, actually. But nonetheless, uh, that, that, that hurts Vargas, quite frankly, <laughs> in a big way. Anyway, on the undercard of that particular fight, a co-main event. Um, we also saw, uh, uh, sorry about this. Um, sorry, 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 sorry. Mario Barrios snaps two fight losing streak with a win over Santiago. Uh, so uh, we were all looking forward to seeing uh, Santiago, who had a 14-3-1 record going to this. Uh, but instead, Mario Barrios scored an impressive TKO victory uh, over that uh, challenger, as I said, uh, taking place at the Al Al Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. Great city if you've ever been there. It's, uh, it's a fun city to go visit and uh, a great uh, fighting uh, uh, state. Anyway, I wanted to move past those results because they were discussed by our other uh, hosts on the weekend. Uh, I wanted to discuss uh, Adam Azim, one of the most uh, exciting young British prospects uh, who dominated quite frankly, Santos Reyes, and took a unanimous decision uh, over 10 rounds. Uh, he now moves to 8-0 and as a professional, and he controlled the entire fight, quite frankly, over the weekend, uh, almost never giving Reyes the opportunity to land a single clean shot. Uh, Azim jabbed and moved throughout, not taking a single risk before he landed a knockdown in the second round, where he did increase his offensive output. The jab uh, continued and eventually won. But I wanted to go through... Uh, let me have a quick uh, mention here about Ben Shalom, uh, the boxer CEO and founder. He said, for a 20-year-old to display that kind of maturity and intelligence in his first fight, headlining a major British arena perfectly illustrates why Adam Azim is the brightest prospect in British boxing today and why he's tipped for future greatness by so many insiders. Uh, I wanted to quickly jump over to uh, someone else who we've mentioned quite often on Talk and Fight, uh, Caroline Dubois. Who also, um, who also was victorious. She uh, stamped her presence in women's boxing in 2022, waking people up to her how talented she is. And 2023 looks set to be a continuation of her rapid ascent through the ranks. Nothing has slowed Caroline Dubois down yet in her quest for world championships, and it doesn't look like anything will soon. Um, she beat uh, Farichi Mashari, and uh, and continues on her winning ways. Uh, again, Shalom says, Caroline is a phenomenal talent and showed that again. We're looking to move her through the ranks fast and we want her to fight five times in 2023. And also uh, one of uh, my core, uh, one of our cohorts in Hockey Fight, he's a big fan of Jamie TKV and he defeated Harry Armstrong on a points uh, decision. Let me just quickly uh, rip through the, uh, it was a big fight card. So Adam Azim uh, defeats Santos Rios. 
uh, Zach Jelly, one of my favorites, defeated Anti Sims Jr. Uh, Vidal Riley defeated Anis Taj. Tyler Denny defeated Brad Pauls. Caroline Duvon, as I said, defeated Faresh Mashari. Uh, Jamie TKV, TKV defeated Harry Armstrong. Jordan Reynolds defeated Mohamed Branchati. Uh, Stephen McKenna defeated Brendan Danis. Haram Azin uh, defeated Abdallah Lanja. And Razor Ali defeated Hector Lozano. A big card and, and a great fight night for uh, British fans. Uh, now, let's move along to uh, more news out of Britain regarding uh, Tyson Fury and Alexander Yusik. Now, we had all hoped that this fight would take place in Saudi Arabia, which is where uh, Alexander Yusik wants the fight to take place because he would make an awful lot of money. But uh, the Saudis cannot confirm they'll have Jeddah Stadium completed by the actual fight night of April 29th. And of course, there are other venues uh, that they could stage the fight there, but Tyson's Fury Camp wants the fight now moved back to Wembley. If the fight does go back to Wembley, uh, then Alexander Yusek might back out of that fight because quite frankly, he won't get paid as much as he really wants to get paid. So who would make a match for uh, Tyson Fury at this stage? Uh, insiders are saying Joseph Parker a good friend of Fury's. It's an obvious choice for him to defend against on April 29th if his promoters cannot negotiate a deal with Usyk. Parker's coming off a lackluster win over former cruiserweight Jack Massey back in January. However, it doesn't matter that Parker looked poor. He's a friend of Fury's, and it's an easy fight to make. So let me give a bit, bit of insight into uh, how money works and how things are changing in the boxing industry. So Sam Volts, our friend over at BoxingNews24.com, said Tyson Fury's promoters will be taking a considerable risk if they insist on staging the old Zander Usyk fight at Wembley Stadium in London rather than in Saudi Arabia on April 29th. Why, for the aforementioned reasons uh, that, quite frankly, Usyk might not take that fight after all. Uh, both fighters will want huge guaranteed purses and unfortunately, the ticket sales and pay-per-view buys may not cover the money Fury and Usyk will expect to be paid if they fight over at Wembley. There's no way the promoters for the Fury-Usyk fight can guarantee the kind of money that they'll want to get because they have no idea what kind of numbers the fight will bring in. The Saudis, however, have the money to blow, so there's no issue with the purses like there would uh, be if they stage the fight in London. It makes no sense at all to stage the fight in the UK because it's too much of a risk. And neither of these guys are going to be happy if their purses are much smaller than they would have gotten if they staged the fight in Saudi Arabia. Fury's promoters could take a bath in this one and lose millions if the promotion fails to bring in the revenue to cover the huge purses. Moreover, Usyk isn't going to want to gamble on the tiny guaranteed purse and rest. the rest depends on pay-per-view upside because it may not bring in big enough numbers to surpass what he could have received if the fight with Fury were staged in Saudi Arabia. According to the Daily Mail, the stadium in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, won't be done in time uh, for the April 29th date. Uh, in that case, Fury's promoters need to delay the fight until the stadium is completed because April 29th isn't going to work. If it needs to be delayed two or three months, so be it. At least they won't lose money, and both fighters will agree to the purses. So this author continues. Now, this doesn't surprise me at all, said Ade Ajelto about the Tyson Fury-Alexander uh, Usyk fight. Uh, both of these fighters agreed to the terms and the money when the fight looked it was going to be headed to Saudi Arabia. It would have been a big site fee, and the money would have been really, really good. 
Now the biggest problem with it is what's happening there in Saudi Arabia. It would have been 50-50 split. It's a neutral site. Oh, my God. Dog. Let's continue on uh, with uh, Deontay Wilder while my, while my dog takes care of business. Uh, Deontay Wilder is reportedly frustrated with the money being offered by PBC for a clash against former IBF, WBA, WBO heavyweight champ Andy Ruiz. As a result, the team of Wilder, who's 43-2-1, 42 knockouts, is discussing a potential fight with Francis Nagayo next. Mike Coppinger says frustration on Wilder's part from the money PBC is offering for him to face a 33-year-old Ruiz, who's 35-2 and two with 22 knockouts. It's unknown what the kind of money Wilder hopes to get for fighting Ruiz, but it's safe to say that he's counting on getting in the $20 million range. But he's dreaming, says this author, Charles Brunn, because he's not one of the British heavyweights who's got untold riches for their fights in England. To get that kind of money, guys like Tyson Fury and Anti Joshua typically are given for fighting like uh, the likes of Derek Chisora and Jermaine Franklin. Wilder would need to fight high-caliber opposition. The chubby Andy Ruiz Jr. just doesn't fit that category and never did. Having gotten used to making massive money fighting Tyson Fury, it's got to be a shock to former WBC champion Wilder to get offered similar dough for a fight against the once popular Ruiz. It's unrealistic for Wilder to be getting huge money for Ruiz because he's arguably not taking his career seriously since his two fights with Anthony Joshua in 2019. If they're counting on Wilder taking a small guarantee offer with the possibility of earning more based on the upside, it's unlikely he will take, take that deal because Ruiz Jr. isn't a big star. Let's uh, finally conclude my episode with a little bit on Jermal Charlo, who says he'll return to the ring in June to defend his WBC middleweight title, but there's no word yet on who the opponent will be um, for titles uh, for his, Charlo's title. Uh, but it's uh, likely to be a low-level French contender due to his two years of inactivity. Charlo said he needed time away from boxing, which he took in abundance. The magical question is, why didn't the WBC strip Jermal of his 160-pound title? Out of fairness to the 15 contenders that have been waiting for their shot at the WBC belt for the last. I need a time away from the sport, said Charlo. Back in my bag, I'll be defending my WBC. What the heck does back in my bag mean? Anyway, I'll be defending my WBC title in June. Sorry for the wait. Um, it's unfair to the contenders in WBC's top 15. At middleweight for them to have to wait two years while champ Tar Charlo took time away from defending his title. Charlo should have either been stripped outright or given the emeritus tag by the World Boxing Council so that one of his contenders could take over as a champion and keep the belt in play. With that said, Jamal's mandatory defense is long since due, but if the WBC isn't enforcing it, he'll fight whoever he wants in a voluntary defense against a likely bottom feeder in the WBC's ranking. Wow. <laughs> such as Makajai Salukai. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure you can Google that for further information. Anyway, let me conclude this episode by uh, thank you for joining me. appreciate it. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. I'll see you later on at 4 p.m. for Knuckle Up with Mike Gore and Cedric Fan. Thank you. <laughs>